This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we are talking about tortilla chips. This was suggested by listener Kelsey, and I can't believe we haven't done this before. I know. I know we've talked a lot about Cool Ranch and nacho cheese. I know we've talked about Juanita's brand tortilla chips before. It's possible we've done this episode before and it just got, you know, like lost in our drawer of old episodes and we're doing it again. But like... That's fine, right? You know, it's interesting to me that you mention like nacho, you know, dur- dur- wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting to me that you mentioned Cool Ranch Doritos, Doritos in general, because even though those are tortilla chips, I don't think of them that way. Like, I think of tortilla chips as as a plain thing. Well, you know what's funny that I haven't thought about in a while? Doritos used to have a plain chip as part of their line. It was called the toasted corn flavor. And they were good tortilla chips. We used to get them sometimes if they were the ones on sale, but I haven't seen them in years. I wonder if they, they still make them. Huh. I uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to Google this right now. Go I, ahead and Yes. Think. Okay. So thank you, listener Kelsey, for suggesting this, because even if we've done it before, uh, as with eating tortilla chips, you really can't talk enough about tortilla chips. That's Does true. Does that make any sense? Was it, that grammatically correct? It made perfect sense. And I have uh, some important <laughs> news about Doritos toasted corn flavored tortilla chips, because the first thing that comes up when you Google it is, are toasted corn Doritos discontinued? And the answer is they were discontinued in 2019 in the U.S., but are still available in the U.K. as lightly salted Doritos. Hmm. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Like, should you should you make a special effort to get plain Doritos? I don't think so. <laughs> They're but if, fine. If you happen to be in the U.K., you could pick some up. See what you think. Okay. Yep. That's that is our hearty recommendation. Yes. Okay. Well, Matthew, hold on. So, uh, these these uh, toasted corn or pure corn or whatever the heck they were called Doritos. Yeah, they're uh, they're called pure corn. They were cross branded <laughs> with the pure water filter. <laughs> they uh, they a- appear on your memory lane, do they not? Can we can we segue here into memory lane? I mean, yeah, if, if sure. you used to buy these, aren't, aren't I, they on memory I lane? Anything I used to buy is, is some is in some way festoons my memory lane. 
festoons. Is that what that means? I'm not sure. Uh, well, it, doesn't it mean sort of like uh, decorates or like, um, you know, sort yeah. of like a, a uh, yeah. I, I imagine I'm walking around memory lane and, and like the, the sides of the lane are, are festooned with all of the all of the products that I used to buy, all of the foods that I grew up with, you know, some some nightmares I've had recently, that sort of thing. Oh, boy. I don't know. Like when you, when you, <laughs> I love cl- the idea of nightmares festooning anything. <laughs> yeah. When you close your eyes and imagine what memory lane looks like, what are you envisioning? Because I, I'm realizing that I think mine is heavily influenced by the Wizard of Oz. Oh, mine is heavily influenced by Harry Potter. Mine is okay. very like Diagon Alley. All right. I think mine is more Yellow Brick Road. Oh, I love that. I had never thought of that, but I, I like this idea that... You know, you know the field of poppies where they fall asleep in the Wizard of Oz. I do know that. Yes. So, is there a field of poppies on your memory lane, or are the things on your memory lane like scattered all over the field of poppies? Or, well, where's I the mean, field of poppies? I, I think they they like it took them a while to get there. Right, that was like halfway through the movie ish. Fine. I think. Fine. So, so you know what I'm actually imagining is the album cover of of the album Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, where Elton John is is like about to set off down the Yellow Brick Road. That's me. Oh, is he is he kicking the can? He's kicking he's kicking the can. Yes, that's that's on my memory lane that I used to play kick the can, but I don't still don't remember like what that game was. Just that <laughs> someone would, some kid would run out and kick a can. Uh, okay, well, my memory lane, you access it. F- through uh, a wall in the Leaky Cauldron pub. Okay. And then you come out into a field of poppies and you fall asleep and when you wake up... Nope, you're confused now, Matthew. Okay. My my memory lane, it is kind of a... It's this brick street, not yellow brick though, but it, it looks very sort of like, you know, old, old English. Uh, has lots of little storefronts, yep. but instead of the storefronts like selling things, they all just contain my memories, like a curio cabinet. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to my memory lane. I want to. I want to. Like, I can really visualize this. Like, like it's sort of like a like an antique wardrobe, <laughs> and and you open it, and and uh, if you step into the wardrobe, then you meet a lion who's kind of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's how it <laughs> that's is. That's what you're saying, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about how about specifically your tortilla chip memory lane? Okay, so when I was a kid, we always bought Tostitos. That was, uh, I should say, my mother always bought Tostitos. I think of her as being the one who sort of, she didn't always do the grocery shopping, but she would like determine what brands we bought of things. Oh, interesting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like there's always a person in the family who has the opinions about She was like, a brand brands. ambassador. She was, for Tostitos. She was probably getting Tostitos kickbacks your whole childhood. And I also think of Tostitos as having, when I was a kid, having a white bag. It was like white and translucent yes. with a lot I, of colors. I absolutely remember it the same way. And we were also a Tostitos house. I think I think Tostitos was, was the first like mass market smash hit tortilla chip. Well, and it was round, which is kind of unusual now that I think about it because, yeah, I mean, tortilla chips, at least if you make them yourself, you're going to take a tortilla and cut it into like wedges, like a pie. Yep. So how did this wind up being round? How did, I wonder where Tostitos came up with the idea of doing these round chips. 
I don't know. I did do some research on the history of tortilla chips, but I we're not going to get into like how how the Tostito became round, which oh. sounds sounds like an Aesop's fable. It does. <laughs> so I think I think the answer probably involves some talking animals and someone learning a heavy handed lesson. The other thing that is on my tortilla chip memory lane is, I I don't know where I first would have encountered like freshly fried, still warm tortilla chips, and surely it was in my childhood. But to this day, I still have sort of mixed feelings about freshly fried tortilla chips because... Mixed feelings. I have mixed feelings because very often there's like some like rancid tasting stuff in there. Yeah, it's not, I, it's I not it's a very, thing that is easy to do yeah. well, I think. And I think there are there are restaurants that will that will do it because it's it's like an exciting uh, you know thing to uh, put on the table, but that doesn't mean that they're necessarily the best. Yeah, that's how I feel about most freshly fried tortilla chips I come into contact with. <laughs> they're they're often like a little too thick compared to commercial chips. I think. Yes, exactly. I agree. So the the warm chips that I remember, I, we were also a Tostitos family growing up. But uh, when uh, Wife of the Show, Lori, and I first moved to Seattle in 96, we would often, and still sometimes do, although not recently, eat at uh, La Cocina and Cantina, a uh, you know Mexican-American restaurant on Broadway. And uh, they will always bring you warm chips and house-made salsas uh, when you sit down. And like, I think every, I think I may have said this on the show before, but I think Every restaurant, regardless of of the nationality of the restaurant, should bring you some good quality warm tortilla chips when you sit down. Wait a minute. We were just talking about this. Okay, but here's the thing. So I suspect, and I I don't mean this like that. First of all, I don't have any evidence one way or the other for this. And I don't mean this as a slight on the restaurant whatsoever. But I suspect that they are not frying the chips in-house that they are taking good quality commercial chips and putting them in an oven and what and the results and the results are excellent whoa i'd never thought of this i mean because if you think about it like we did a nacho episode i don't think i've tried like heating tortilla chips in my oven at home without cheese on them but like when you make nachos the chips come out great right yes so i think that's what's going on and i think i think that is often a better move than than actually frying the chips from scratch unless you really know what you're doing. Oh my God, Matthew. It's almost like sometimes you have these great ideas and insights into the world. Yes, this... I invented, I just came up with the idea of, I mean, they've been doing this at this restaurant at least since 1996. I think they just celebrated their 40th anniversary, maybe? 30? Wait a minute. I think maybe 40th. I still just, I can't get over this idea. Like, it is a way better idea to take a good packaged chip and and warm it up even slightly. It does depend freshly on the chip. Like some chips, I think, like warm better than others. But because like we're going to talk about Juanita's chips, which are an excellent bag yes. tortilla chip. Yes. But I think do not nacho as well as like a slightly thicker, less less oily chip. Ah, I was going to say that. I, well, I was going to guess that Juanita's would warm up nicely because but, they're but sort it, of. Well, also, but, like, you know, making nachos is different from just warming chips. So I'm sure they do warm up well like you just don't want to take them too far okay okay wow matthew this has been a mind-blowing episode already All right. i'm molly um, weisenberg and i'm matthew amster burton let's <laughs> no. talk about the history of tortilla chips. that was our little station pause for station identification you're listening to uh wsmk spilled milk radio uh 
broadcasting live 24-7 from Trenton, New Jersey. Oh, nice, um, nice. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about the history of tortilla chips. So it's hard to say, like, what constitutes a, a tortilla chip as we think of them today versus a traditional totopo, which mm-hmm. is uh, a, you know, a baked or fried tortilla in any shape that originated in Oaxaca thousands of years ago and are closely related to tostadas. So like if it's like a whole like full size round corn tortilla that's been that's been crisped up in some way, that's a tostada. If it's broken up or or sliced up, uh, then then it's totopos. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, it almost certainly originated as a way to use stale tortillas, but it you know it was a traditional food of the the Oaxaca area and then spread to Mexico as a whole and uh, to you know Mex- Mexican American communities it didn't become an industrial product or like you know a widespread commercial product until the t- the late 20th century really and wow okay so let's talk about Rebecca Carranza so Rebecca Carranza died in 2006 at the age of 98 and the info that i'm going to share is from her obituary in the San Diego Union Tribune so in the 1940s, Rebecca's family um, uh, had a tortilla factory in Los Angeles called El Sarape, and uh, they started making tortillas by machine, uh, you know, sometime after they were founded. But uh, the machines, you know, the, the technology was not mature yet, and there were lots of misshapen discards that they couldn't sell as, as like round tortillas in a pack, where the idea is like, you know, they're going to look like a perfect stack, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so... Rebecca took the, the some of the discards home and cut the misshapen circles into triangles and fried them. And guess what? People really liked that. Shocking. <laughs> um, so they marketed them as tort chips. Uh, mm-hmm. And by, by 1960 or so, they were the company's best-selling product. And in 1994, Carranza received the Golden Tortilla Award for her contribution to the Mexican food industry, according to Wikipedia. Wow. I love this story. So this was still kind of like a regional southwestern Southern California thing until the 70s uh, when they started to become popular nationwide as Tex-Mex cuisine became well-known throughout the country. And uh, Tostitos, which were the first smash hit uh, mass market tortilla chip, were introduced in 1980, which is wow. later later than I would have guessed. Like, oh, my in- gosh. Wow. That's amazing that, that they were introduced in our lifetime. In our lifetime. Right. They, and they seem so I mean, what was the world before mass market tortilla chips? Yeah, not that not that Were they didn't exist, even but living. Yeah, I don't know. Like we talked about the history of Fritos on like a corn chip episode, and I think I think Fritos are are much older than Tostitos. Hmm. Wow, I'm shocked that Tostitos were introduced only in 1980. Like, I kind of wonder how my mother heard about them or how it's your like, family heard about them. It'd be like if you learned that like hot dogs were invented in 1992. Totally. It's... <laughs> like out, outside outside an early Pearl Jam concert. Exactly. Yes. Back when Pearl Jam was still Mookie Blaylock. Back when, back when they were still Mookie Blaylock, which was yeah. not 1992, but not, not long before that. Oh um, my God. Now you... you're going to get all music history on me. No, you'd think so, but no. I have a recommendation, if you're not already watching this, a show that your whole family might enjoy. It's on Netflix. It's called Julie and the Phantoms. It is a show show created by Kenny Ortega, um, who did High School Musical and Hocus Pocus and a lot of other things. And it is about a girl in L.A. who, uh, like, her, her mom has died a, about a year ago, and she's looking for direction, and, she, and she's uh, into music, but that was, like, her and her mom's thing, and so she feels, uh, you know, sad every time she sits down at the piano. 
know. And uh, then she accidentally summons three ghosts of an indie band from 1995 who died eating tainted hot dogs at a sh- before a show. <laughs> And and these ghosts like you know like help her like you know re- reconnect with music and uh, and find some peace and uh, and like play some rockin' tunes. Wow! <laughs> so Julie and the Phantoms. I've only okay. watched two episodes, but I definitely recommend it. The cheese factor is off the charts. Um, so definitely check that out. Wow. Okay. Okay. I, it's I like love... nine nine thirty minute episodes. So I, go for I it. I love how excited you you got telling a story about tainted hot dogs. I was laughing so hard. Like I'm like so they start the show starts in ninety five at like like uh, you know a gig for this band Sunset Curve and uh, and like I, I realized like a couple minutes in I'm like wait a minute I know they're going to be ghosts like in the next scene like. How are these guys going to die? And then they go and they get these uh, hot dogs where the condiments are served out of the trunk of a guy's car. Yes. And I'm like, okay, I see where this is going. Oh, my God. Perfect. Um, all right. So okay. so that's, that is what I got for the history of tortilla chips. Where, where, do you, where and when do you usually eat them? Do you eat them in restaurants? Do you eat them at home or mm. both? Ah, well, back when I used to go to restaurants... Um, yes, I would eat them in restaurants, but more often than not, we eat them at home. Strangely, I don't believe we have, I think we've maybe made nachos at home once in my career as a uh, home cook, but we often keep tortilla chips around, um, and of course, some refrigerated salsa. <clears throat> and it's mostly like, a, you know, a snack for us. And frankly, actually, Ash often does kind of a like a version of nachos for lunch for themselves. Uh, that is not it's like cold nachos, which sounds delicious, right? Uh, no. Okay, I want to no, hear more <laughs> about cold nachos. I've no. never been more skeptical about anything. No, 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 no. Basically, what Ash does is they take a bowl, they put a bunch of Juanita's tortilla chips in it and kind of some blops of salsa on top. We tend to mm-hmm. keep San Juan brand salsa uh, lately, which is in the refrigerated yeah. section. And then they cut up some slices of cheese and kind of like toss that on top of the bowl. And they basically make like little little bites for themselves, like a little bit of cheese, a little bit of salsa, corn chip. Okay, I think I think I would sort of call this a vegetarian taco salad. Like, but there's it, it's, no it's, salad it's, in it. I know. <laughs> okay, fine. It's cold nachos. <laughs> oh my god! I was gonna. Yeah, I was thinking. It's like I feel like this is one or two ingredients short of a taco salad, and then <laughs> just, you, you yeah, know just what? One it's or the two. salad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay fine. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, that sounds good. I like that. It's it's funny how like that dish sounds sounds perfectly delicious until you call it cold nachos, and then you're like, ugh. Yeah. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
Okay, so cold nachos, my my finest uh, contribution to spilled milk history. Yep, everyone's making them like hashtag cold nachos <laughs> is already trending and we're not putting this episode out for like two weeks. <laughs> uh, okay, anyway, Matthew, when do you usually eat tortilla chips? I we, we keep them on hand at home most of the time, I would say. And uh, to be eaten with salsa or I also cook with them in a few different ways. But also sometimes I'll just like reach. They, they, they live on top of the fridge mm-hmm. um, like borrowers. And I will reach just reach my hand into the bag and like crunch a few as a snack. Oh, you, you do you even take the bag down from the top of the fridge? Often I don't. Wow. Interesting. Like, what is it like to, to be that tall? <laughs> <laughs> you can reach the top of the fridge. Yeah, I can reach the top of the fridge, but I would never like because we also have a bag of tortilla chips on the top of the fridge right now, but I would never leave them up there because I'd be like reaching well, I'd be reaching above my head to get them, which feels weird. Is your fridge shorter than my fridge? I mean, I don't think so. I I mean, I am reaching above my head, but like, you know, I I was, I was raised to to like reach, reach for the stars, reach for the heights. Listeners, are you comfortable reaching above your head to reach into a bag of chips? Have I mentioned that, um, that I've started doing YouTube karate? Oh my God. (laughs) Wait a minute. Hold up. You've started doing YouTube karate because YouTube yoga left you injured. Uh, yeah, I kept, I kept like hurting my back that, and it may, may or may not have been related to doing YouTube yoga, but like karate, you can't get hurt doing that. Oh, so, definitely not. Uh, and also I've been watching Cobra Kai on Netflix. And so I've, I'm like watching that, like, you know, this show has a lot of old men doing karate. So like what could go wrong? Um, and so I, uh, I've been watching videos by this guy, uh, Ryan Hayashi, who uh, is a magician, professional magician uh, who also <laughs> teaches karate and I think oh, lives in God. Germany. And so I'm on like lesson three. And, and so so what can you do so far? Um, OK, I can do high block, uh, middle block, uh, low block, front punch, uppercut, front kick, side kick. I can't really do the roundhouse kick yet. That's very hard. And Matthew, where do you do this? Because I, I don't picture it's a good question. <laughs> any room in your house really has space for you to do a roundhouse in it. Right. So I do it in the living room. And like like the fact that there hasn't been a tragedy yet where where like I, I destroy my foot and something in my apartment <laughs> like mm-hmm. is just pure <laughs> luck. You know, it's 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 only a matter of time. And you're going to hear about it on this show. And which of these moves that you've learned so far helps you access the tortilla chips? Oh, it's, the I'm, I'm glad you asked. It's the high block because that involves like like kind of sweeping your fist up to above your head to like fend off like a frontal attack. Ah, okay. Um, so you're gonna like, like kind of like push the person's punch aside, um, but also it means your your hand ends up like above your head, and then you just reach right into that chip bag. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, wait a minute, Matthew. So wait, do you eat them plain or always with like a dip or salsa or as nachos? I mean, I think I know you eat them plain. I do. Like, it's not it's not like a premier snack for me. Um, like, I would rather have them with salsa, whereas like a bowl of Fritos like feels like an all-in-one snack to me. But sometimes like like just crunching a few tortilla chips mm-hmm. is exactly what I want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I totally um, agree. And I'm kind of spoiled on my own homemade salsa. So like if that's around, then I will go through a huge amount of tortilla chips. And if it's not, then like I can I can go days without putting my hand above my head. <laughs> 
it's interesting that you mentioned making homemade salsa because I, I feel like this is something that as a home cook, either like you are into making homemade salsa and it's something that you think to make or you absolutely never do. I have never in my entire life made homemade salsa. Okay, well, I put on our list of episode ideas that I want to do a pico de gallo episode because that's Mm. something I only started making this year. And so I want to get you making it too because it's so easy and so good. Okay, okay, great. All right. So what do you do with tortilla chips other than, um, you know, put them above your head Mm-hmm. and eat them and dip them in salsa. Well, I mean, do, do you do other dips like bean dip? Like I used to I used to really like Trader Joe's uh, spicy black bean dip, which was not at all spicy. I haven't had that in a long time, but I think they probably still have it. You never know with, with Joe. Or like <laughs> queso. Like I, I never really do dips other than salsa, but I know a lot of people do. Do you? I would say as a general rule, and I'm just now formulating this. Seven layer dip. I am absolutely not a dip person Okay. in in almost any situation. The only dip I ever make is, um, you know, this sort of like all-American thing that my friend Natalie often makes, which is basically sour cream and ranch powder. Okay. What about uh, like a cocktail sauce? Nope. What about, like, what if you had some, some, uh, some chicken strips? Mm. (laughs) maybe the premise of that is invalid (laughs) okay well but Matthew that does bring me around to chilaquiles which I do occasionally make okay always with La Victoria green thick and chunky uh, yes, salsa. that is a good jarred salsa that's a really good jarred salsa um I buy the mild because I'm the only person in my household who can tolerate any amount of heat whatsoever uh, although Ash is, Ash is getting more game. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, chilaquiles, always a big hit around here. Um, How do you make yours? I make your recipe. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. So yeah, I, I do them, and, and now I know you do too, with just like uh, uh, chips, uh, salt, green salsa, uh, chicken broth, and uh, cream. Is that it? The tiniest bit. Well, you got to put chicken in there, too. Oh, chicken. Yes, yes. Yeah. No, it's not very many ingredients. It's so delicious. Yeah, I really love your recipe. Yeah. The other thing, so I I will do chilaquiles often. If I have leftover homemade salsa, like that's a great way to highlight it. Um, I will crumble tortilla chips on chili. It's like, uh, like an alternative to Frito pie. And I will always put tortilla chips into a bean or bean and cheese, uh, uh, beef and bean burrito. Do you make burritos at home? Often. Okay. Like I, probably, I have never made burritos at home. Probably once a week. And like my, like, it's just not a, a homemade burrito to me without some, uh, some tortilla chips crumbled in there. I love that idea. I'd never thought of it. It's so good. And like anytime if we're making burritos and we happen to be out of tortilla chips, then we have to heat up a, a, a skillet and crisp the, the uh, tortilla on the outside. Oh, oh my God! I can't. Ah, who who could possibly go to that trouble? Um, so I'm, you you, you got to do what you got to do. No, no, like, no. I'm being I'm being sarcastic. I know. Okay. I know. I love the idea of that. I don't know why it had never occurred to me to put them in a burrito because yeah, a burrito so often it, it, it is like a homogenous texture. Yeah. Even with iceberg lettuce or something like that. I was just going to say, I also like iceberg lettuce in a burrito. And usually if if we have iceberg lettuce, I will usually like do one with lettuce and then a a separate burrito with chips because I don't need both crunches. But it would be bad with both of them, certainly. 
No, absolutely not. It would not be bad at all. I think I would really like it that way. Okay. Okay, wait. When you make nachos, what brand of, of tortilla chips do you like to use for nachos? So I like Santitas, which okay. are, I believe they are Frito-Lay's low-priced tortilla chip line. Mm-hmm. Um, or well, I guess, I guess now that, well, no, because Frito-Lay is Tostitos, right? I'm not sure. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure they are, and uh, but Santitas are like the triangular chips that it's like a, a one pound bag for. I, I think it just went up from two dollars to two twenty nine, and they're quite good. And uh, they are they make especially good nachos. They're they're like they're not super thin, but they're not too thick either. Okay, and so then what do you like to have around just for putting your hand above your head? Oh, I, uh, uh, <laughs> um, I, I think we do. We buy Santitas and Juanitas most often. Like if they're every once in a while, like if they're out of one of those or there's another one on a good sale, we'll get like uh, a store brand chip is usually not bad. Um, all the store brand flavored tor- tortilla chips are usually not good at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so excited one time when I found uh, that they had ranch flavored uh, Safeway brand tortilla chips. I'm like, oh, this has got to be good. Finally, someone's making a cool ranch knockoff. Of course, it wasn't good. I can't even believe you considered it, Matthew. I'm very like as soon as I set foot in a grocery store, I can be convinced that any product might be good. I could probably be convinced of anything. Like if you want to sell me on your religion, just like stand six feet inside the door of the Safeway <laughs> and I will be like ready to ready to dive in. Well, as we've discussed on the show before, you are very much uh, an early adopter when it comes to a lot of like new food products. I would say even like new technology, like apps and things like that. Yes, I'm always, I'm always downloading the latest app. Let's see, <laughs> let's see what I got lately. <laughs> No, but really, so like, yeah, because you always know of like um, the special flavored mac and cheese or. That's true. I do know know the the special flavored mac and cheese. The new new flavor. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) But like, remember we did some episode where we were tasting boxed mac and cheese and you talked about like the the green chili one or something like that. Yes, that's true. I, well, I mean, I went to the store. I did. I, it wasn't like I knew about it and uh, and then said we have to do an episode about that. Like we were doing a, a box mac and cheese episode, and I went to the store and there was Velveeta <laughs> with green chilies. So I was like, well, we should try that. No, but you have a different approach to these things than I do. I'm like, I want the plain version, and yeah. I like and I like to get the thing that I, I'm already familiar with. Okay, so it looks like the last two apps that I downloaded uh, were uh, a little virtual piano app, so I can play piano on my phone and uh, the uh, air IQ air uh, air quality map app. This seems so, su- super 2020. It sure does. Mm-hmm. Matthew, what do you think next, about next? I'm going to download uh, what's a small ocarina. What what is that? It was like a it was like a music app where you'd like blow into your phone that I think was popular in like 2010. Mm, uh, OK, what about I mean, I still blow into my phone, but, but just for other reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sort of imagining the reasons. Oh, um, they're myriad. Oh man, my yes. Okay, Matthew. Um, what about like in the past few years, we've seen a real 
Profusion? <laughs> Profusion! There you go. Of tortilla chips that are flavored with lime or like lime and chili or things like that. What What do you think about this whole like lime thing? Or like the, the Juanitos uh, Chilipeno. Well, I remember when Tostitos Hint of Lime came out, which I think was the 90s. And I kind of liked them, but I mean... Lime is not a flavor that translates really well into a powder, I don't think. And yet, there's like, in every brand of of chip, there's a lime one. I know. And like, it's definitely an appealing concept. It it doesn't really hit for me, usually. Like, I I think I want my tortilla chips. Does it slap? it 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 doesn't slap the way I want my taste buds to be slapped. Okay. I, for me, I want my tortilla chip to either be plain or have a ridiculous amount of some goofy flavor powder on it, like a nacho cheese or a Cool Ranch. Okay, fair or, enough. Or Doritos taco flavor. You know, I, I think I think Doritos is sort of the Ben and Jerry's of chips in mm. that, like they they go overboard with flavors and you love it. Okay. And when other when other brands try and flavor chips, it's either like too timid or not quite balanced in the way that like a mega food corporation can can like hire flavor scientists to create the perfect ranch. Yes. I, I mean, although this. of course like like fucking Safeway is a huge is a huge mega food corporation, so I don't know why they can't make a good ranch chip. Well, but they do many, many, many things. That's true. Whereas Frito Lay or whatever company owns Doritos is conceivably just doing snack food. Yeah, you're right. Anyway. I know, but what what do you think? Like, do you like a lime chip? No, I, I don't really. Um, I, I will eat them. I mean, I'm not going to refuse them. Yeah, of course. But Still I, a chip. But I wouldn't buy them. And I also just find them kind of weird. They don't scratch the same. They, they for me, do not scratch the same itch as a plain tortilla chip. It's like a different thing. Yeah. And I think like... You know, remember when we did the lemon lime soda episode and we were, we were kind of overwhelmed by all of them? Uh, yes. Underwhelmed by yes. all of them. I think I'm I'm like a tiresome lime juice purist. Like, I really want my lime to be like an actual lime that was just squeezed and like all of the other ways of, of invoking that flavor just just don't do it for me. Whereas there are like, like lots of other like, you know, artificial and processed flavors that I love. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Buttermilk powder, for instance. Buttermilk powder, powder rules. Yes. Matthew, you are full of contradictions. It's true. I think I think we all are, though. Like, you know, how can how can one person be be so into karate and also and also eat chips at the same time? <laughs> I don't know. What what do I do that's full of contradictions? Um, well, I mean, in last week's uh, Dream Grocery uh, episode, like you were, you you had a huge carbon footprint, but but also uh, sustainable seafood counter. Oh God, you're right. Um, I'm, I'm a mess. But also, like like on a on a smaller scale, like I think you. You know, you make your own granola, which which like I think suggests like, you know, might suggest a lot of other things about your your personality. But uh, you also love Cool Ranch Doritos. That's true. And I love sour gummies and sour gummies. And I don't mean like the sour gummies that are in like the bulk section at Whole Foods. I mean, like like sour, sour patch, patch kits. kits. Yeah. Don't yeah. don't give me any of those like, um, you know, flavored with fruit juice ones. No, no, not necessary. No. Well, Matthew, it's I been... can get my fruit juice from the source. I don't need it in my gummies. 
It's been another scintillating episode <laughs> it of has. Spilled Milk. Hey, we wanted to give a shout out to another food podcast. Yes, one one that uh, that actually like covers <laughs> serious topics sometimes, mm-hmm. and and also silly stuff. They had us on. They did. so the the four top. It is a James Beard and IACP award winning national food and beverage podcast presented by OPB for NPR One. Yep. On every episode, they've got three thought leaders. We we were once considered I, yeah, thought leaders. Yeah, I love leaders. the fact that we were on the show, and it identifies guests on the show as thought leaders. Mm-hmm. I'm going to milk this in any way I can. So for every episode, you've got host Catherine Cole, and then three thought leaders. Like and, us. Yep. And they engage in a fast-moving roundtable discussion on the hot-button topics in food and beverage. Yep. So start listening at thefortop.org, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we should say this isn't just for you if you're like super into food or super into beverage. It's not a recipe swap or a celebrity chef show. It's just a lively discussion of timely issues. Yeah. So they they uh, they have great guests, like real uh, writers for like The New Yorker, The Atlantic, Food and Wine. Uh, and they d- dig into pop culture, like secret menu items and juice cleanses. But they also tackle real issues like fair wages. Uh, for restaurant and food workers, climate change, food waste, globalization, and so on. So check it out, The Four Top. Savor the conversation. So that was our tortilla chip episode. Get in touch. You can find us on the uh, on the Reddit, uh, which is uh, our uh, where you can discuss things about spilled milk. Now that we deleted our Facebook, that's reddit.com slash r slash everything spilled milk. That was created by listener Ben. Thank you, listener Ben. Uh, you can contact us directly. Contact at spilledmilkpodcast.com. What do you dip? You know, what do you reach above your head for? Or do you ever reach above your head? Yeah. <laughs> When was the last time you reached above your head? When was the last time you reached above your head or, or below your belt, for that matter? Don't tell us that. Okay. Uh, where do you keep your tortilla chips? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> That's a do you thrilling keep them in, question. In, in a root cellar uh, on top of the fridge, like, um, you know, in a in a safe. Do you, do you own a safe? I don't own a safe. Do I, you own I a don't, safe? No. Um, and, like... I I think I think like wife of the show Lori and I were talking about this recently because we we stayed at a hotel recently and of course there's a, a safe in the closet at the hotel and and we we're just like you know we're not the kind of people who would ever have the kind of valuables that would require a safe. Do you have so like in in your renters insurance? Do you have renters insurance? Yeah. So like, is there a place where you itemize like valuables in in your home? There because- is, and I think the only thing we put down was like computers. Yeah, I think the only thing I have is computers and maybe my wedding ring, but compared to, you know, how much wedding rings can cost, mine isn't really something you would itemize on. I've I've mentioned how much my wedding ring costs on the show, right? It was, was it like $10? I think it was like $24. Oh, sorry. I'm very happy Sorry I lowballed it it there. Yeah, thanks a lot. What (sighs) kind of person do you think I am? Uh, anyway, okay, well, so, yeah, let us know what you itemize on your homeowner's or renter's insurance policy. We'll be right over yes, to steal that, it. that is what we want to know. Yeah, like, let's see a, a, a photo of, of those itemized, I was going to say deductions, because that's the word that always comes after itemized, but you know what we mean. <laughs> anyway, thank you, as always, to our producer, Abby Circatella. Yep, and uh, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. The show that is... Doing a high block and a low block and a roadblock. <laughs> I'm Matthew Amsterburton. <laughs> no, no, wait, wait, what? No. But what would happen like when you when you like roll up to the spilled milk road, roadblock? <laughs> what are we checking for? Like, well, 
I think we're checking to see. I don't know. Just like, like we just want to know what snacks you keep in your car. <laughs> exactly. We're just curious. It's well, we a want, curiosity roadblock. We want to make sure that you have snacks because there's nothing worse than not having yep. snacks. That's right. If you if you don't have any snacks in your car and you and you show up at the spilled milk roadblock, we will supply you with some. Yeah, come on over. Come on over to our roadblock. <laughs> It's open 24-7, coming to a turnpike near you. I'm Matthew Amsterburton. <laughs> I'm Molly Weisenberg. Ed Harris has been waiting for us in the Marianas Trench for so long, he's getting so bored down there. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see, so... No, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 